don't know about you, but I have been enjoying just looking and learning more about the heroes of the Old Testament. And if you haven't been around, but I, we want to encourage you to go into our podcast and listen to all of the other heroes that we've been learning. And I hope that you have been challenged because they are so much like us. So let me get us started this morning. I want you to picture a scene, a scene that involves you in it. A scene that goes like this. A scene where you and your family and the community that you live in is working very, very hard in the fields and in the farms, growing all the crops and raising animals in order for all of you to survive and to thrive. But somehow... You see, every harvest, which is the fun things, the best part of the whole part, growing part and planting things, is the harvest. But you see, there's a group of mean neighbors close to you that strips the land, your land, stealing all the grain, destroying all the crops, and they leave nothing for you to eat, no sheep, no cattle. Life is hard. And everyone has to start over again. Imagine that. And the same would happen year after year. You plant, you grow, and they would steal again. And it starts over and over again. What a scene. A scene that looks like it's a scene that you can find from a Hollywood movie. A chapter from a book. Or a nightmare, if you think about it. But you know what? It's not a movie, it's not a book, and it's not even a nightmare. Because you see, it is true, and it happened many, many, many years, years ago. It happened to a group of people called the Israelites, God's chosen people. And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd like us to look at the passage of Scripture that we want to start off. It's in Gideon. It's the story of a young man. Gideon, Judges chapter 6, and let's read this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the lands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain cliffs, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites... Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. See, they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Median so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. The Midianites. Will you say the Midianites? Oh, come on. Can you say Midianite to your neighbor? Say Midianites. Oh, it's not that hard. Say that one more time. Midianites. Those Midianites, as we've read, they were very cruel. That many of the Israelites were living in caves trying to escape this persecution. It was very difficult and frightening time for the nation of Israel. 
And it says in scriptures, this went on for seven years. Imagine that. Seven years of their lives. And finally, the Israelites, what did they do? They cried out to the Lord for help. Why did they take so long to turn to the Lord, you asked? Well, guess what, church? Because they are a lot like us. They are. We wait until the... Every po- we wait until every possible option plays out until we can't take it any longer. We have a tendency to hold out, thinking we can handle it on our own, don't we? But the Israelites did that. They did. And they finally cried out to God. And it's like, I think of the movie Batman, Gotham City. And what happens when there's crime going on and they need their hero? What goes on? The bat signal, doesn't it? And here you have the Israelites crying out to God because they can't handle their situation. What they're in, their predicament. They were looking for a hero. And the wonderful thing about our God is that church that he moves in mercy and love towards his people. And here God hears their cry. And as he's hearing their cry, he, is, he has a plan for the Israelites. That includes the most unlikely hero, a man named Gideon. How many of you ever heard of Gideon? A beautiful name. I know many named their sons Gideon. Gideon, you see, is, isn't your Hollywood image exactly that Hollywood image of a hero. In fact, he is the opposite of what a hero is in Hollywood, or what we think a hero is. You see, he's much more um, indecisive timid type kind of person. But yet, the encouraging thing for those of us who can relate to Gideon this morning as this timid, nervous kind of person is that in spite of that, God takes him and makes him into a hero of biblical proportions. And so who is this Gideon? Gideon is a farmer. He's a farmer, and unlike some farmers, he had no desire of anything more than just being a farmer. He never had a political ambitions, and nor did he dream of becoming the, the military leader. And yet, our God had a different plan for his life. The story of Gideon in the Old Testament is unique in that it is a story of how God made a hero out of an ordinary person. It is a story of transformation. And this morning, what we will see in the life of Gideon is that how God changed him and transformed Gideon into a leader that led his people and saved his people. And this morning, church, God is looking for a Gideon. He's looking for men, women, teenagers, young children to do great things and to step up for God. Will you do that this morning? Will you be the one? But let's see, where is our hero? Where do we find our hero, our unlikely hero? We find Gideon's story in the chapters of Judges 6 to 8. We are not going to cover it this morning, but I would like you to read the 6 to 8 chapters. You want adventure? You like movie? Adventure? This is it. So please read it this week. But what I'd like to look at is that where do we find our hero? We find him, as it's on the screen, we find him 
threshing wheat in a wine press. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, why is he there? Because Gideon knew that it was time that the Midianites would have to come again and steal everything. So what was he trying to do? He was trying to do something very strange. It doesn't make sense. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Remember, he's a farmer. And so let me explain this to you. You see, in the Middle East today, still today, you will see them threshing wheat. And there's a picture up there on, on this side. That's how they would thresh wheat. They would take, as they harvest, they would then take it out in an open area. And, as, and they would be hitting the wheat and, and all that stuff. And, they, and as the wind blows, the shaft would be blown away. And whatever is goes down on the ground are the wheat to be harvested. That's threshing the wheat. But now imagine this. The last place you would find to do that would be in a wine press. And what is a wine press? Exactly the opposite of what threshing wheat is. And you see on this side of the picture is what a wine press is. It is carved out stone in which you would put what? Grapes in. You would step on it, press it down, Juice comes out of it, and there goes what? Wine. And Gideon is trying to thresh the wheat in a wine press. You're like, duh, what is he doing? Now he's doing this. You know why? Because Gideon, in his despair, what's going on in his town, he's just trying to harvest things before the Midianites would come. Imagine his heart. Pounding, that hoping that no one would find him, no one would see him. He's hiding in a wine press. But guess what? Our hero is hiding in a wine press. But somehow our hero comes out of it. Because see, in that wine press, the Lord encounters him. Encounters him in a place that he did not expect. The encounter with God in Gideon's life. Where is it at? In that wine press. And there in verse 11, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. And the angel of the Lord said to him, the Lord is with you. Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Now, if there is one thing that Gideon did not think he was at that particular moment was a mighty warrior. Guess not what he's been doing, right? A mighty warrior. He was a scared farmer, not a mighty warrior. Scared. That's what he was. He was threshing his wheat, the wheat in the wine press, because he was scared to death. So the idea of being a mighty warrior was just did not make sense. And the Lord said to him, The Lord is with you. The angel said that. Mighty warrior. So can you imagine he's thinking, hey, you've got the wrong guy. You're looking for someone else. No, not me. This, I'm not, I'm no fighter. You see, I am the youngest in my family. And even then, my family is even the weakest of all the tribe. See, we find that we have a guy here who's very insecure, feeling not adequate. Have you ever felt like that? Scared? We've all been there, haven't we? I remember in 1990, in 1992, I was part of a team that went to Russia. 
and it was a mission trip. And at that time, Russia was just, it was about to, they were just opening it for people, for missionaries to come in. And the regime, just the communist regime, just, I think it kind of went away and it went down slowly and we were able to go in. And I tell you, I was scared to go. I loved the idea. I wanted it because that's what I wanted to do. And then, but there were stories of saying, you need to be careful going to Russia at this time. Because you see, they don't like Christians to come in and preach the gospel. And that you will be prepared to be taken and put in jail. How, so how exciting that is, sounds like, but really no, it's not. Scared, scared. But you know what? I went knowing that God tells me over and over in Joshua 1, 9, to be strong and take, be of good courage. And here you have Gideon, same year. God is telling him, I want you to do something for me. And what is that? That he is chosen to fight the Midianites, to fight them and save his people. And that God will be with him. And here, as he, God says, I am with you, Gideon. And he, this is, listen to what Gideon says to God. And to the tone of, this, of this, this verse. If the Lord is with us, why has all things happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. How many of you have said that many times to God? Where is he? I thought, what? he said he's going to be with us, but where has he been? Why are we going through all this? Gideon is questioning. He felt, he's feeling that abandonment. But the Lord says to Gideon, continues on. Then the Lord says, go with the strength you have, Gideon, and rescue Israel from the media. It's, I am sending you. Because the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites. And listen to this. As if you were fighting against one man. Gideon's encounter in the wine press caused him to save his people. With, but with God's assurance, knowing that he won't be alone. And Gideon, you see, did not need more self-confidence, which he probably needed. But what he really needed was, listen to this church, God confidence. You see, it is important to know that when God sends you, you need to know that he will be with you wherever you are. So are you hiding in a wine press? Whatever that wine press is, as your threshing wheat, afraid to do what God has asked you to do? For Gideon, it, he was bitter, disappointed, timid, afraid. How about us? Like Gideon, we give so many reasons and excuses because we're afraid. We're, we're, we want to push away from God. But see, if you're unsure of yourself and if you're aware of your failings, guess what, church? You're just the right person that God wants to be used. Ask them to help you in what you're dealing with today. For Gideon, he had to do the task of dealing with the Midianites. And church, you, each and every one of us here this morning, has Midianites in our lives. And what's the word? Midianites. And what is that for you? And I know you know what that is for you. But God says to you, to your problems and your challenges, he says to you this morning, I am with you. Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Doesn't that sound good? God wants us to face 
the Midianites in our lives, the problems and challenges. Have you encountered God? Do you want to encounter God this morning? See, God met Gideon in that wine press where he needed to be. And there, in his despair, God gave him a sense of purpose. There is something that changes that happen when we listen to God's voice. When we look to him fully in his wonderful face. Gideon's personal encounter in the wine press created a change in him. Made a change. You see, when we encounter Jesus, I just want to bring this point to you, is that there is a change that will happen in your life. There is a change that happens when you encounter Jesus. Change takes place. Because you see, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. And our warrior Gideon has taken on this task. And that task is to fight the Midianites. But you see, church, before Gideon can be used by God publicly, he must have to first clean up his own life. Clean up his house. He does. Because you see, he needs to make things right with God. Because things were not right with Gideon and for his family. You see, they, have, they are breaking one, the first and second of the Ten Commandments. They are worshiping idols in their homes. And God tells him in, in 25 to 27, it'll be on the screen, pretty much God is saying, I want you to go home. Take those idols that you have been worshiping for seven years. Take it down. Destroy it. And whatever that you've destroyed, use whatever the material to build a new altar for God. And offer a burnt sacrifice to the one and true God. So what does this mean to us, church? Yes, we've encountered Jesus, but when we encounter Jesus, remember, change happened, right? And that change is in us. We need to look at our lives, and it means that we need to see what are some of the things that we need to get rid of. Are there any idols in our homes? I'm not talking about statues or anything like that. I'm talking, what are some of the things that we worship? What are some of those? See, before God can use us in a mighty way, we, we must have clean hands. We must have pure, pure, pure hearts. And church, I wish there was a shortcut because there's no shortcuts. If there is anything we have been holding on to that we shouldn't, is there any sin or any bad habit that we've been clinging on to, not willing to let go, knock those idols down, knock it down, confess them, Deal with it and return to God fully. Will it be easy? No. Will it be messy? Yes. But God will honor us if we honor him. You see, when we truly want to follow Christ, we follow God, we need to make a change in our lives. And how can we need to make things right? And how can we do that? It is going before the Lord and asking him to help us. Our hero has been changed, and he's ready for battle. Are you ready for battle? Let's see what battles he's going to go through. He's ready to fight the Midianites. But guess what? He needs to trust God. 
God is going to deal with Gideon now about his trust. The enemies are getting ready to attack again. And so here in 634, the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. He's preparing for battle. He blows a trumpet, calling out his troops all over the land. And guess what, church? There were 32,000 men who showed up to fight the battle. And Gideon, our hero, who had an encounter with God and who was even had to clean up his home, he's good and ready to go. But guess what, church? He's still struggling with doubts. He's still struggling. And you're kind of wondering, what's up with you, Gideon? God is with you, but he's struggling with doubts. He does know that God is going to be there and save the Israelite through him. But gosh, he's got issues with trust. And this is what he does. Uh, you've heard this story, how we ask God. He asked God to say, God, I know you will, but please, I will place a wool fleece in the threshing floor. And if there is a dew on the fleece, kind of crazy, if it's, the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, then I know, I will know that you will save Israel. See, we have a good God, a patient God. Because what does he do? He does what is requested by Gideon. Okay, you would think Gideon is, is good now. He's good with his trust. Guess what? He's not done yet. Come on, this guy should just give up. But doesn't that, because of trust issues, he still has to keep at it. Here we go, one more time. He even says to the Lord, do not be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. Could you just do the opposite way this time now? Instead of the fleece being wet, could you make the ground wet and the fleece dry? Okay, come on. You think it's over? Guess what? God does it, and it all happens. And Gideon here, having some trust issues, which we all do, can we relate to that? See, God just wanted Gideon to, to, to trust him. He needed to know that Gideon could lead his people. And it was needed to know so that he knows that the victory that Gideon is going is not that he's going to have is not about him. It's really about God. And how many of us have doubted God in our lives and made some of these fleece dealings? If this, then this. If this, I this. And you know what I'm talking about. We are all prone to doubts. But therefore, we need to make his truth, the word of God, and trust instead of the fleece. You see, there is no peace in the fleece. God wants us to trust him in spite of what we're dealing with. He wants us to rely on his word, prayer, and his strength. You see, he has the victory. We know that, don't we? But he still wants us to trust. So that went on. So you would think Gideon said, I'm ready to go now. I'm good, God. So let's go for battle. And so here it is. The Lord says to Gideon, you have too many men. Really? You have too many men. But God says, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. Or Israel would boast against me. God doesn't want Israel to take the credit. They want God to take the credit of victory. So in chapter 7, I'm not going to read all of this, but I want you to read it. Entice you to read it this week. Gideon's army was 32,000, right? And that is a huge army. But God puts Gideon through a process, which you want to know if you read it, because I'm not going to tell you, through a process of cutting down that 32,000 
Guess what, guys? It's a 10,000. And from 10,000, God's not done yet. He wants them to go lower. He went down to 300. Can you imagine how Gideon felt? And chapter 8 tells us that the enemy, what he's facing with, the Midianites' army, and listen to the Midianites' army, they had about 135,000 soldiers. Now, if you calculate math, it would be at least 450 Midianites against one every person, Israel army. That's a lot to take on, isn't it? That's a lot to take on. Humanly speaking, the odds were impossible. But what does God say? What is impossible with man is possible with God. I'm almost there, guys. But we got to end this story. Because you see, how was Gideon going to fight this battle? How are we going to fight our battles that we face daily? How was Gideon to deliver God's people with only 300 men? That's not a lot with the 135,000 men against you, Midianites. What would you do? What would you have done? Would you run and hide in the wine press again? This is when trusting comes in. Trusting in God. Trusting God when you do not have the resources to fight against the Midianites. And if you read on in the chapter, God gave, allowed him to fight with 300. And you would think God would say, okay, get all the best swords, the best shield, the best arrow that you can find to fight the Midianite. But what, you know what God gave him and allowed him to use? And I would say this is just sample. He asked him to, to use torch. Asked him to use trumpets. Not quite like this, but just imagine. And water jars. These were the weapons that were used with the 300 men that Gideon fought in the battle with the Midianites. What kind of weapons is that? How can they win with these things? How can they? No way. But guess what? They did. Yay, they did. With these weapons, they just needed to trust in God and be obedient. Because you see, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. The Israelites' victory was not their own, but of God's power. Will you trust him today? Will you trust him today? You've got your own Midianites in your life. That is all God wants us to do, to trust him. And as I conclude this morning, see, in order for us to fight the battles in our lives, whatever the battles may be, challenges, plans that God has placed upon you, we need to first want to make sure we encounter God. We need to be in his presence and seek him and know that we, he will tell you that I will be with you and all that you're going to be dealing with. And in that encounter, be prepared to know that God is going to make some changes in your life. As he did with Gideon. And I want you to reflect upon your life today. And certainly, he's not going to give you 32,000 men to fight your battle. He's going to give you three objects to fight with. 
And to me, and as I think about these objects, it reminds me that he's given us a torch. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the fire that gives us the power to fight whatever that we need to strengthen us. He has given us trumpet. I think of it as music. I think of it as a way to communicate. He sounded off the trumpet to tell the troops to come on over. But doesn't music soothe the soul? Doesn't music give us a sense of peace, comfort, and joy? And you know what that reminds me of as a weapon in our battle today? That's prayer, church. That's what prayer is. And lastly, he has given us water jugs, water jars, living waters. And that living water is our Lord Jesus Christ. It is represents the Bible, the living word. It's alive. So these three weapons, as we fight the battle that he has called us, the battle of the Midianites, whatever that is for you. And so this morning, as we end, I, I want to ask you to reflect upon your life, to ask you to, to ask you to consider what God is calling you to get out of your wine press, or your cave, your own room, your own home, God is calling you to go out knowing that he will be with you. Are you dealing with issues this morning? This is the right time to deal with it.